start off with uh, Mike Trudell. Hey, LeBron, Mike Trudell from LA. Just wonder what were you looking to get accomplished tonight, uh, not individually, but as a team? What was the focus and, and how did you feel like the team and, and your teammates responded? Um, well, first of all, um, you know, I want to continue to shed light on, uh, you know, justice for Breonna Taylor and, uh, and, and to her family and everything that's going on uh, with that situation. Um, to answer your question, um, we want to just try to get better. Uh, we use this moment as a training camp to continue to implement our, our identity. Our identity is to defend, share the ball, push the tempo, and play together. So um, I think we was able to accomplish that to as close as 40 minutes as possible. All righty, folks. What is up? We are here. We are live. Are you ready? What's up? How are you guys doing? Welcome to the two for one nightly NBA recap show. Hold on. Let me make sure my mic is on. Let me make sure my mic is on. Okay. Mic's on. Sound, sounds good. Welcome to two for one nightly NBA recap show. As you just heard LeBron James, he spoke to the media today after their scrimmage versus the Dallas Mavericks. We will get into that in a second. But for my opening block, what I really want to talk about is the job that these NBA players have been doing while in the NBA bubble as it pertains to Black Lives Matter, dealing with the Breonna Floyd uh, you know, murder as well as the George Floyd murder. These players have done a tremendous job of speaking out, of continuing to speak out. I think that the league did not do too much by having Black Matters on the court. I think that they actually did it in a very subtle way and in a way that's going to not cause too much attention to it, but also it'll forever be a part of it. Um, I was a person that was a personal critic of the Black Lives Matter on the court, and I also felt as though I didn't necessarily believe that the players needed to be in the NBA bubble in order to speak their piece, which I still feel in, in terms of their piece, but the players continue to surprise me in terms of how well-spoken they are in regards to everything that is going on, um, you know, kind of in terms of social justice and what is currently happening in the world. So I'm going to go ahead. I'm actually going to play a second clip from LeBron where he further goes into what life is like as a black man. And then we're going to go ahead and we're going to talk basketball from tonight's NBA action. I'll let LeBron take it away. He was talking to the media today. Um, so I never, like I said, I never shied away from being who I am and speak about things that not only affects me, that hit home for me, but also affect my community and affect black people. Um, Cause we've been going through it a lot. I've seen a video today of a black man inside like a Walmart or, or Target or whatever trying to buy a bike for his son and the cops was called on him. He had a receipt and everything and the cops was called on him and they arrested him inside the store and took him outside. And he, I mean, it's just heartbreaking, man. You guys don't understand unless you, <laughs> unless you're a person of color, you guys don't understand. I understand that you might feel, feel for us, but you can never really truly understand what it is to be black uh, in America. So. All right. I agree. You never really can truly understand what it's like to be black in America until you are black in America. And I think that LeBron has done a great, great job of continuing to be a leader. LeBron has always been a thought leader, one of the guys in the NBA that actually um, is worthwhile looking up to. If you've ever heard me say anything about LeBron on the basketball court, you know that I am not a huge LeBron James, the basketball player fan, but I am a huge fan of LeBron James, the person. I think LeBron James, the person, is one of the greatest human beings in the history of human beings. So let's go ahead, hop into some NBA action, and let's go ahead and let's get into it, recap it. The, uh, you know, you know, the Mavericks and the Lakers, they had their scrimmage today. The Lakers came out on fire. LeBron came out looking like the beast 
that we all know LeBron James to be. The Mavericks actually won this game uh, 108 to 104, even though LeBron James and Anthony Davis did not play in the second half. So let's go ahead and let's hop into some stats. Um, obviously, Luka Doncic played, uh, you know, today as well as Kristaps Porzingis. Wasn't the best outing from Luka Doncic, but it was great to be able to finally see these players and get back into the swing of things, into the swing of action. We finally are here. NBA basketball is here. Let's go ahead. Let's hop into the Lakers side. The Lakers side, LeBron and Anthony Davis both only played the first half only. They both played 15 minutes. They both scored, uh, you know, 12 points. Uh, LeBron James was a plus 12 for the game. Anthony Davis was a plus 10 for the game. AD had no blocks, but he was still a tear out there on defense. He had two steals. LeBron had a steal as well as one turnover. LeBron put up five assists, including a very nice dime to, um, I'm sorry, to JaVale McGee, as well as an incredible dime to Dwight Howard before the end of the half. The Lakers today look extremely, extremely, extremely good. I actually am very, very, very encouraged by what I saw from the Lakers. And mainly, encouraged by what I saw from Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith. I think if you are looking at Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith, those are the two guys that you were essentially kind of looking at for the Lakers and wondering what you could get for them. Well, in the second half, Deion Waiters and J.R. Smith were both on the floor at the same time. Deion Waiters was out there doing Deion, you know, you know, you know, putting people on the island. I personally thought Deion was shooting maybe a little bit too much, but it's a scrimmage. He looked to be extremely, extremely comfortable with the team and with everything that was going on. So if anything, I think that this is actually a very encouraging sight for the Lakers. The problem is Kyle Kuzma. Kyle Kuzma looked bad, bro. Kyle Kuzma looked very, very, very bad today. He had a play where he looked Braun off, ran down the court, Dribbled it between his legs, went up to the la- uh, to the you know to the lane, threw a floater up, and it was a big fat air ball. Kyle Kuzma, I said I was picking you up a Brandon Ingram, and this is how you repay me. You look terrible out there. Send some help, please, for Kyle Kuzma, because Kyle Kuzma has been out there getting whoop 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 worked. He has to. Kyle Kuzma, please, for the culture, for me. For the culture, for every single Lakers fan around the world, do better because this is not going to cut it. Frank Vogel said the other day that he did not think that the Lakers had a third option on their team and that their third option was the open man. Well, Frank, if Kyle Kuzma is going to be the open man, you better get to worrying. And I'll give you, don't get me wrong. I have been a person that has spoke very, very highly of Kyle Kuzma. If you follow us on Twitter, you know that I have specifically said that I thought that Kyle Kuzma was better than Brandon Ingram. This year, no. Last year and the year before, yeah. This year, no. Kyle, what are you doing? I have a little, I have a younger brother named Kyle. Kyle Kuzma, you're embarrassing me. Stay off Instagram. We don't need to see the fly fits. You know what we need to see? Some buckets. We don't need to see fly fits. We need to see buckets. Okay? Get it together, Kyle Kuzma. Somebody says, I think he's not going to see, uh, you know, you know, playoff minutes in regards to Dion. Somebody else said uh, Lakers trash. The Lakers are not trash. The Lakers are very, 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 very good and a very, very formidable opponent currently right now standing in the way of every team in the Western Conference, including the Los Angeles Clippers. I think that LeBron James 
came out today and he looked like a man possessed. LeBron looked like he was ready. He was ready. And yes, Jack, Frank Vogel did speak multiple times about how Kyle Kuzma had been winning the day at practice. I'm sure he was practicing against the second team, not against the first team. And even if he was practicing against the first team, the first team made everybody else. It's terrible. Come on, Kyle. What is this? Look at this stat line. Come on. Nine points, 413 shooting, minus five, two fouls, one steal. Okay, cool. Two turnovers. Come on, man. Kuzma. 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 Get it together because you will be riding the pine pony. The pine pony. Come October in the finals. If you do not play better, but let's go ahead and let's actually move on and let's actually talk about the king himself, LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James looked extremely, extremely good today in the scrimmage. I will play footage of LeBron talking post game about how he felt about the scrimmage. But guess what? LeBron spent the whole post game talking about Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, Black Lives Matter, and what it means to be a black man to him. So shout out to LeBron. Thank you for holding it down. We appreciate you, brother. Keep doing your thing. Um, he said, somebody said, did you all, I'm sorry, he said, do you guys already do playoff predictions for the West? Well, I did, but I can go ahead and I can do it, um, you know, at the end of this show. If you stick around, uh, you know, feel free, go ahead. By the way, before we get ready to completely hop into this LeBron talk, please, patreon.com slash HNB. Go after this stream or go right now. Patreon.com slash HNB. Go there. Do your thing. Make sure you get it in. Donate. We have content going up, podcast versions of it, and we have an exclusive chat room open for all of the fans to be able to come and talk to me and Pavy and whoever you want to. So, anyways, let's go ahead. Let's get back into it. LeBron James looked very good in the scrimmage. He was running like a freight train. Fume up and down the floor. Fume this way, that way, this way, that way. He was throwing the ball this way, that way. I was like, damn, LeBron. Damn, LeBron. Damn, LeBron. Look, y'all know I love my son, Luca. Luca Doncic. But, but, in that first half, LeBron looked like a man possessed. LeBron looked like a man on a mission. LeBron looked like a man that is ready to not only win the MVP, which he's not going to win because Giannis Antetokounmpo is the MVP. We're going to talk about the Greek freak a little bit later because he spoke to the media today as well. And I have a clip coming from him later, uh, you know, once we talk about Bucks and Spurs. But LeBron looked great. So, Lakers fans, y'all love to call me a hater. Y'all love to say, TPJ, why you always hate on LeBron? Well, guess what? Guess what? Guess what? You ain't hearing no LeBron hate. He looked good. This scrimmage was the most encouraging sign I've seen from the Lakers this year. And I will only say this year and this season is because... With Anthony Davis and LeBron, as long as they were both healthy, I knew that they were both going to be at least top five. Uh, you know, you know, th th you know, they were going to be at least top five players in the NBA and lead the Lakers to a top five seat in the West, which is exactly what it is that they have been currently doing. 
And uh, shout out to you, Jack. He said the gray beard looks good on LeBron. Yes, I agree. The gray beard does look good on LeBron. Shout out to LeBron. If you're old and you get old, you're sage to me, too. I just crossed the 30s. I'm into the 30s right now, you know? LeBron only five years older than me. My gray is about to start coming through. About to turn my sexy on, my swag on. But guess what? I'm going to still be up here doing my thing, getting it in, and making sure that we do these shows. Because unlike LeBron, I don't need to be an athlete. Although LeBron looked really, really great today. I think LeBron, and I mentioned this, um, you know, a few times during our Hoops and Brews episodes. LeBron James is without a doubt, without a doubt, the most well-trained physical freak of nature in the history of sports. Giannis Antetokounmpo has the ability to maybe one day surpass LeBron if he can play longer at the same, uh, you know, kind of level as LeBron. Because I also had, uh, you know, you know, my LeBron list earlier, where I essentially made my list of LeBron James, uh, you know, top. Uh, I believe it was. Uh, I, I just ranked all of his seasons, you know, from start to finish. And this season, I think, is LeBron's thirteenth worst season ever. Now, that, now, Patty had a great point. He said that just because this is LeBron's thirteenth worst season ever, that doesn't mean that, that you know that LeBron is not the MVP. I agree, but LeBron not the MVP because LeBron is just not the MVP. It ain't got nothing to do with it being his 13, 14. It could be his damn 29th season. He's not the MVP because he's not the MVP. Giannis Antetokounmpo is the MVP. But anyways, LeBron looked good. You will hear no LeBron slander for me. Anthony Davis looked absolutely amazing. Anthony Davis, without a doubt, to me, is the best player on the Los Angeles Lakers. In time, after time, after time, after time, he comes in and he does what I think that he should do. And that's show his ass on that basketball floor. Anthony Davis is everywhere, always, all the time. He is a demon on defense, and he is extremely hard to uh, tame on the offensive end, averaging more points than LeBron. When I saw earlier, even the Lakers put up the graphic that Anthony Davis leads the Lakers in like blocks, rebounds, steals, points, and some other stuff. I'm like, God damn, but LeBron the MVP? Huh, sick. Anyways. Let's go ahead, let's go ahead, and let's continue to move around the NBA and talk about some NBA action. We had Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo actually spoke to the media today post-game because he actually played in, uh, you know, you know, in his first, uh, you know, game, essentially, since, um, you know, you know, not only the break, but also like a first real, some first real action from Vic in a while. Victor also alluded to, um, you know, in a clip that I'm about to play in a second, um, you know, how he felt as though his conditioning, um, you know, kind of the first time around wasn't exactly what it needed to be. And and even, you know, his teammates have been saying in practice, um, in these practices, that he looks, you know, like the best person in practice. And Victor alluded to the fact that, you know, he looks that way because he's way better than he was when he first came back. So I'm very happy, very proud for Victor Oladipo. I'm very happy, very proud for the Portland Trailblazers, who are a team that has actually come back. And they have finally, and they're healthy, and I'm going to talk about them in a second. But anyways, let's go ahead. Let's hop into, um, you know, tonight's action in between, um, you know, the Portland Trailblazers and the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers actually won this NBA scrimmage 91-88 to over the Portland Trailblazers. Carmelo Anthony played 20 minutes. Zach Collins played 19. Zach Collins being back is probably the biggest thing, um, you know, for the Portland Trailblazers. I think, honestly, that you could ask for. I think that... Even when you see the fact that Zach Collins, Yusef Nurkic are in the lineup, 
There are two guys that last year, if you would have been talking to me about this Portland Trailblazers team moving into next year, I would have been telling you that these two guys are the guys that I'm looking at as being the key for this Trailblazers team. Now, although they didn't necessarily have, quote unquote, the most amazing game today, 14 points in 20 minutes for Yusef Nurkic is amazing. Amazing. Hassan Whiteside being on the bench today and not playing today. And you still get this level of output, excuse me for burping, is amazing. Amazing. The only sucky part for the Blazers is that a guy like a Rodney Hood is out for the season with the torn Achilles injury. I think he would have allowed the Portland Trailblazers to continue to move down their lineup and really go 10 deep. But now I personally feel the, the Trailblazers have a very solid eight-man rotation. I think their eight-man rotation is going to be Carmelo Anthony, Zach Collins, Yusef Nurkic, CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, Anthony Simons, uh, Gary Trent Jr., Mario Henzoa, and I, I, you know what? Actually, I'm gonna, I'm actually not gonna even say Gary, uh, you know, Trent Jr. I'm actually gonna say Trevor Reza, and I'm going to say Hassan Whiteside. I think that will be their eight-man rotation as they move into the playoffs, and I think that will make that team a very formidable, um, you know, opponent as they move um, forward. But T.J. Warren, um, you know, had for him which was, I personally feel like, a solid game. Um, I think, you know, kind of looking at all these guys, I really just want to kind of see these guys just come in and, and get some kind of rhythm. I think even kind of him coming in and having a solid game is good for him because he's a guy that is a scorer, but also a very streaky scorer to me. So I wonder how he's going to look as they progress throughout, the, you, know, this, you know, these eight games. Victor Oladipo, as I mentioned earlier, played today. He actually had a very solid game. He played nine minutes. Um, he didn't shoot great, but he was a plus eight on the floor, which is really all you want from a guy that's coming back. He also gave you six rebounds. He had an assist. He had three turnovers, but the rust will come. I'm only looking for Victor Oladipo to actually come out, you know, and and just continue to play and do what I am, you know, am looking for him to do, you know, being a player that is coming back from injury. And that's to play within yourself. Go out, get buckets, ball out when you can, and do what you can. I'm actually going to play a clip from Victor Oladipo right now. He spoke to the media earlier today about how it felt to come back and be back in action. This is Victor Oladipo talking to the media. In those first couple runs, knowing that, um, you know, for a time there, you didn't think this was going to be part of the plan this year. Uh, just going up and down and, uh, you know, trying to uh, – Just flow with the game. Um, I think today was uh, really big, just making sure we get our conditioning up and um, just get a feel for the game again. Obviously, it's been a minute since all of us have played in a live game. So uh, it was just fun to be out there, being able to compete. I felt pretty good. Um, you know, Like I said, my body and, and mind just got to get used to the flow of the game again, and that'll come. Um, but um, overall, I felt pretty all righty shout out to you the up and up he said uh he said long live the king please just said he said he would like the video fine go ahead like the video but you heard victor oladipo um you know for him he just wants to get comfortable he just wants to be in the field to be in the action to actually you know get a chance to work himself back i actually think that victor oladipo might be my sleeper um you know for the nba bubble uh, uh um you know kind of surprise player I think that he is a guy that can come in, and even if you are looking at the NBA standings currently right now, which actually I'm going to pull it up in a second um, on the screen. If you're look, if you're looking at the current NBA standings right now, right, 
So let's go ahead. Let's hop into some NBA standings. If you look at the current NBA standings right now, the Indiana Pacers are currently sitting at the fifth seed right now, right? So with them at the fifth seed, they actually have the opportunity in the bubble to go all the way up as high as the fourth seed. I think home court advantage versus the Miami Heat is something that the Indiana Pacers need if they want to beat the Miami Heat in the first round. I honestly think also if the Pacers were a team that let's just say were considering tanking and dropping down a little bit so that way they could potentially have to play the Boston Celtics. I think that actually would be a, a matchup for them that would fare very well. I think Philadelphia is going to make light work of the Celtics in the first round. I think that the Miami Heat will most likely beat the Pacers if the Pacers are not at home. And I think that the Bucks and the Raptors will run over whoever their opponent is because they're playing against G League teams. Exactly. But anyways, let's go ahead. I actually want to switch gears a little bit and hop back a little bit to this, uh, you know, Lakers Mavericks game to actually talk about Luka Doncic and Kristaps Porzingis, who actually looked very, very good today. Luka Doncic was a guy that was reported, you know, by numerous reports that he wasn't in shape, that he had actually had not been participating in basketball, um, you know, activities while everyone was away, um, you know, for quarantine due to COVID-19. He is a guy that came out today, looked extremely well, played within himself, played within stride. He had a couple turnovers, but honestly, I think Luka Doncic is one of those guys where most of his turnovers are going to come off of him hitting people in the hands with the ball and them missing it. Boban, Bobby, I love you. Boban, you are one of my favorite players in the NBA. One of my favorite guys in the NBA. But Boban, catch the damn ball. Catch the ball. He got hands of stone out there. Hands of feet, butter, whatever you, Boban, Bobby, catch the ball. Jesus. Come out. And no, I, and no, I'm not saying sub this PewDiePie. Get out of here. So somebody who's, you know, chatted anything. No, we're not subbing the PewDiePie. You want me to say sub to PewDiePie, put that on my show, tell PewDiePie to come on this show and talk some basketball with me. Anyways, Christoph Porzingis as well looked very good. I thought that um, he's a guy that obviously is coming back from the ACL, you know, tear. He played, um, you know, played a lot of games this season, was, you know, you know, very, 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 um, up and down, very, very, very inconsistent during the season. He's a guy that I think has essentially had the opportunity to come in and play what I think amounts to a full season for a guy that is injured coming back from an ACL injury because usually, usually, usually those guys will come back, play a half a season or play, sprinkle some games in and then not be able to be themselves. KP Kristaps Porzingis has been able to be himself He's been able to come in and play. He's played numerous games this year. He had a three-month you know, layoff. I'm looking at Christoph Sporzingis as being the guy that can be the X factor in the West. I think if Christoph Sporzingis can come out and be any, and when I say any, I mean anything at all, like he was in New York, which he has not been at all in Dallas. The West better look out because let's go ahead. Let's hop back into the standings. Let's look at the standings, right? The Mavericks currently right now are only a game and a half back of the Houston Rockets. The Houston Rockets are a team that I think is vulnerable. They are a team that I think if you get them into the playoffs in the first round, which they're looking to uh, be playing the Nuggets, they can either win it in five or lose it in five. The Mavericks would be playing the Clippers in the first round, which is unfortunate. And honestly, if I'm the Mavericks, I really want to get to that three seed. 
I really want to get to that three seed because playing the Clippers in the first round, I think the Mavericks are going to get easily. And when I say easily, I mean easily destroyed by the Clippers in the first round because not only do the Clippers have numerous bodies to be able to throw at the Dallas Mavericks time after time, play after play, play after play, they have size, they have numerous point guards, they also have a guy that's top three in the league in, you know, in Kawhi Leonard. Luka is in my top five. Earlier this year, I had Luka top three, but then obviously he got injured, ankle injuries, he kind of fell off. Luka's still in my top five, but Kawhi Leonard is in my top three. My top three, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kawhi Leonard, and Anthony Davis. Then LeBron James four, Luka Doncic five, because I think LeBron has played every game this year, or at least all of the ones that were available to him, so he deserves what he gets on that end. So I have no beast at all with LeBron doing what he does and putting him in that top five. Now, is he better than the top five? I don't know. I'm not going to put LeBron better than number four. That's where it begins. That's where it is for LeBron. LeBron win a ring. LeBron a big dog on the block. LeBron number one again. But if you don't, it is what it is. Anyway, let's go ahead. Let's move on. Let's actually hop into the next game. Um, we're going to make this very, very, very fast. The Phoenix Suns play the Utah Jazz. Uh, shout out to Rudy Gobert, the guy who um, put the NBA on pause for catching COVID. Shout out to Rudy. Um, you know, I'm glad that he's healthy. I'm glad that the team is uh, healthy as it pertains to COVID. The Phoenix Suns actually beat the Utah Jazz today, 101 to 88. Obviously, the Jazz starters did not play into the second half. Um, you know, Donovan Mitchell, well, I mean, not, I'm not going to say play into the second half, but they didn't play the full second half. Donovan Mitchell put up 21 minutes today. Joe Ingles played 21 minutes. Rudy Gobert played 21 minutes. Mike Conley, 20. Jordan Clarkson, 20. Um, I think the very interesting thing for the Utah Jazz is actually the loss of, 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 of you, know, you know, Bogdan Bogdanovich, I think is going to be a huge hole for them. I think you now have to rely on Joe Ingles every single night to go out and do what he did last year for you, which it was smooth. Joe Ingles is smooth. But do I want Joe Ingles to be the guy that's going to be my second option on offense? No. Do I want Jordan Clarkson to be the guy that's going to be second option on offense? No. At this point in Mike Conley career, do I want Mike Conley to be my second option on offense? No, 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 and no. But I do think that Royce O'Neal and Jordan Clarkson together combined can supplement some of that offense that you are missing from Bogdanovich. The other thing about Bogdanovich not being there, and I think the biggest thing is his defense. He was a guy that even when he was in Indiana last year, defended at a very high level, played at a very high level, and now that you don't have him for the entire bubble run, I think any shot that the Utah Jazz had, and not only a title run is over, but I think, honestly, the Utah Jazz, I picked them to miss the playoffs before this year, which I was wrong. They're, pro you know, they're most definitely going to make the playoffs unless something – yeah, they're going to make the playoffs because, you know, regardless. So they're not going to not make the playoffs. But I do think that if the Utah Jazz fall down into this 5-seed, 6-seed, or 7-seed, they are going to get swept, and you heard me. They're going to get swept, swept in the first round by the Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, or the Rockets. Remember I said that. Anyways, moving on from those. Oh, and are they, are they contenders? Because I forgot I put that up there. No, they're not contenders. No, I'm sorry. I'm not rocking with it. They're not contenders. They ain't been contenders to me all year long. 
So let's go ahead. Speaking of contenders, let's hop, uh, hop on and talk about the Blazers. The Blazers have everyone healthy on their team with the exception of Rodney Hood, which is actually really great. Yusef Nurkic played great today. Carmelo Anthony looks to be in the best shape of his career, or at least the best shape that we've seen him for a long, long time. So I do think that what it comes down to for the Portland Trailblazers is can CJ McCollum and Dame Lillard step up when it matters to be big and, you know, big and money players? Last season, it was pick and choose. One night it was CJ, one night it was Dame. One night it was CJ, one night it was Dame. One night it was CJ, one night it was Dame. And then for a whole series, it was Dame. And then for a whole series, it was CJ. And then for a whole series, it was, it can't be that way. In order for the Portland Trailblazers to not only make the playoffs, but also to defeat the Los Angeles Lakers in the first round, like I'm predicting that they're going to do. They have to, have to, have to, have to get consistent guard play night in and night out from CJ McCollum, Damian Lillard, and shout out to my guy, Anthony Simons, who I have a lot of footage of because when they played pregame versus the Clippers, I was able to shoot a lot of uh, slow-mo footage of him. So shout out to Anthony Simons. I'm happy that the Blazers have health on their side. I think that they are going to be one of the largest teams, one of the most formidable options. And I think that all you have to do is beat the Lakers in the first round. And if, the, and, if the, and if the Portland Trailblazers beat the Lakers in the first round, they have an easy road to the Western Conference Finals. It's easy. And yes, Louis, I don't rock with the Jazz. I think the Blazers got a better shot at winning a championship than a Utah Jazz. Anyways, let's go ahead. Before we get ready to get on and round up things, let's actually talk about my guy, the freak of the East, the Greek freak, Yadis, the Greek freak. Uh. Uh, he the freak of the East. Uh, uh, freak of the East. Uh, uh, freak of the East. Uh, uh, freak of the East. He the 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 freak of the East. I said, uh, uh, he the freak of the East. Shout out to my guy. Where my drum, man? I wish I had my drum. I actually, I'm about to play this clip of Giannis actually speaking about the first scrimmage game today. The Bucks defeated the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Um, in today's action, Giannis played very, very good. The you know the Milwaukee Bucks you know came on in the second half and really showed their uh, you know what in front of the world and blew and you know blew the Spurs out of the water. But let's go ahead, let's hear Giannis Antetokounmpo talk about what it felt like to finally be, you know return to action and how he felt about the first NBA scrimmage for his Milwaukee Bucks. In a lot of respects, today's game felt kind of like a normal Bucks game where you guys kind of maybe get off to a little bit of a slow start and then really get things going in the third quarter and kind of cruise from there. Did it feel normal at all to you? Uh, the game, yeah, the game felt normal. Uh, obviously, I think the only part that the, not, it didn't feel normal was in the beginning when I, you know, I got fouled and I went to the fifth row line and it was just quiet. You know, um, but at the end of the day, like when you play basketball, you just try to make the right play. Most of the time, you're just thinking about how can you help your team. You just listen to your coach. So, me personally, I just try to like lock in. Uh, doesn't matter what goes outside the line, what happens outside the line. So, uh, except that uh, that one time in the beginning of the game, the rest of the game felt normal. I think uh, obviously we, were, we had the slow start, but when we start playing good basketball, we start running, we start moving the ball, knock down shots. Uh, you know, we got the lead, and we were able to win the game. Freak of the East. He the freak of the East. Freak of the East. Freak of the East. 
You heard it here first. Giannis, the freak of the eek. I'm sorry, the freak of the east. <laughs> the freak of the eek. The freak of the east. Giannis Antetokounmpo today um, came out, you know, you know, with lots of energy. Giannis also spoke in that post game in regards to his physical conditioning. He said that he didn't feel that his physical conditioning was up to par and where it needed to be. Um, you know, due to the layoff and due to the inability for him to be able to go and get inside of the gym. But let's go ahead. Let's talk about um, today's action. As I mentioned before, the San Antonio Spurs defeated the Milwaukee. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The San Antonio Spurs lost to the Milwaukee Bucks um, earlier today, 113 to 92. Uh, the very bright spot for the Spurs is Lonnie Walker, the fourth. He is the only bright spot because the Spurs are a team that are without LaBarcus. They lost, obviously, um, you know, Barton's last year. They don't have any shooting. I saw, um, you know, a league average shot chart for the Spurs, and most of their shots come in the mid-range. So that's easily the reason why they get blown off the floor every single night they play. The Spurs made eight threes today. Eight. The Bucks made 12. You're not going to win making eight threes in a game. The Spurs shot from three. I mean, the Bucs shot terrible from three, but the Spurs only took 23 threes. The Bucs took 40. Pop, you're not going to win this way. It's over. That mid-range, Tim Duncan, he's not. Tim Duncan ain't walking through that door, Pop. He not. He not. Tim Duncan ain't walking through that door, Pop. So you got to do what you got to do. And when you play the freak of the East, freak of the East, freak of the East, Freak of the East, Giannis, a.k.a. MVP, a.k.a. probably future defensive player of the year and MVP. But I do think that this game was good for the Bucs. I think the one thing that it did remind me about the Bucs is that the Bucs are a team that are like the Warriors early on. In the second half, the third quarter of games is when they end games, period. And I think that if they can continue to end games in the third quarter, the Milwaukee Bucks will easily and have no problem whatsoever dealing with any team in the Western Conference for the sheer fact of they are a team that, you know, last year they didn't have a lot of shooters. But this year, if you look at this Milwaukee Bucks team, and let's actually, I'm a, I'm, you know, let's actually go back to the roster. If you look at this Milwaukee Bucks team, Chris Middleton, shooter. Brooke Lopez, shooter. Wesley Matthews, shooter. Kyle Corver, shooter. Boom, shooter. They didn't have any of those guys last year. None of those guys, except for Brooke. Wesley Matthews, deadly, deadly shooter. Kyle Corver. Deadly shooter. Chris Middleton, deadly shooter. A guy that's probably going to um, average this season 20 points shooting 90-50-40, which is incredible, even though I am not a big fan of Chris Middleton. But let's go ahead. Let's get ready to um, actually get out of here in one second. But I want to make sure that before we get out of here, we actually talk about the Rockets and the Raptors tomorrow. The Rockets and the, um, you know, and the Toronto Raptors tomorrow play their scrimmage at, uh, I'm sorry, at 7.30 um, you know, p.m. Eastern Time, 4.30 p.m. Pacific Time. I am very, very interested in seeing what is going to happen. James Harden actually spoke to the media earlier today about what it was like scrimmaging and, you know, kind of, you know, with, you know, amongst teammates and what he expects. So I'm going to go ahead and play this clip from James Harden and we're going to go ahead and talk about tomorrow's action and what I'm looking forward to seeing from the, you know, the Rockets as well as um, the Toronto Raptors. Just watching, you know, a couple of the scrimmages, you know, last night and today, um, NBA did a really good job of just, you know, the atmosphere from what it looks like on TV. Um, and so, um, I'm excited about it, and then I'm excited about giving the world some something to be excited about, you know, giving, giving them some joy and something to look forward to. I think everybody that's on the court, um, you know, basically feels that same way. All right, so, you know, he said he's excited about bringing joy to people and doing those things. I, I personally, 
I think that, you know, James Harden is a guy uh, that, you know, we all love to joke about. I love to joke about him, call him small game James. But he's a guy that was, you know, that's without a doubt, um, if he can win a championship, prop, if he can, if James Harden can win a championship or two uh, championships in the next three to five years, he, he will probably go down as a top 10 player post 20, uh, you know, I'm sorry, post 2000. I think, you know, he has a lot of arguments on his behalf, but the biggest thing is that he's not winning and he doesn't win at a clip in what you, in which you need him to win in order for him to be the guy. So I like the fact that he is excited about coming back and bringing fans joy, but James Harden, I need you to be in that same mode that LeBron was in. I need you to be in that same mode LeBron was in when LeBron came out the day and had the dog in him. Have that dog in you, James Harden. Put that, take that dog. Unleash the dog. Because I'm sick of it. I'm sick. Like, I'm so happy Russell Westbrook is on James Harden's team. Because when, when things break down in the playoffs and James Harden go into that mode that he loved to go into where he shrink and take a step back and like, I'm not going to shoot because we lose it. Russell Westbrook going to say, give me that ball. And he going to be chucking it. So tomorrow, what I'm looking forward to seeing from the Rockets um, versus the Raptors scrimmage is to see how well the Raptors look. Also to see their lineups. I think that there have been a team this year that has had to deal with a lot of health issues, which I think is not only concerning for them um, earlier, but also a big reason as to why, even though they're still the second seed in the NBA East, they hadn't really had a real consistent streak to them all year. Fred Van Vliet was in and out of the lineup. Norman Powell was injured a little bit. Um, Kyle Lowry has had some injuries. Uh, uh, um, uh, you know, Mark Gasol, who's a lot slimmer now, has dealt with some stuff. Uh, you know, they've had, you know, Chris Boucher got knocked upside the head um, in a Lakers game. He was not on his, on his lips. So they've been dinged up all year. They were a team that actually went and actually played together a lot over, um, you know, quarantine and then COVID because they are obviously in Canada. They were a team that's been together for months. So they are ready to defend their title run. So I'm just looking for them to look themselves and be healthy. As for the Houston Rockets, I'm looking for the Rockets to just really just come out, look healthy. I want to see what their offense looks like. I want to see what they look like against a team that actually is going to have a very, very good defense and not going to be a team that's going to lay down. I think the thing that you've seen from a lot of these scrimmages is that none of these guys at all, none of them, none of them are going out there and they're laying down. They're not laying down. They're not, they're not acting as if this game doesn't matter. They're not acting as if this is a preseason game or a practice. No, they're playing. LeBron came out and for 20 minutes, balls to the wall, full metal, did what he was supposed to do. So that was great. But anyways, before I get ready to get out of here, Patreon.com, Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash H&B. Please make sure you go there right now. Subscribe. We got a special open chat room for everybody that can come in and you can chat with me and Pavy and everybody else that work with the Hoops and Brews team. You can chat with us about that. You can also chat with me, your boy. So make sure you go YouTube.com slash H&B Media TV. Subscribe. Patreon.com slash HB. Subscribe. YouTube.com slash HB. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. YouTube.com slash Hoops and Brew. Subscribe. We got so many channels. Also, we got a WNBA, NBA, I'm sorry, NBA uh, interviews channel. You can see that as well. You can check that out. So, before we get ready to get out of here tonight with the two for one show, I would like to thank you all for watching the two for one show. I will try to be back tomorrow night with another quick episode recapping the NBA action. Please make sure you all continue to like, subscribe to videos. I just want to say, I for my outro, I am happy, extremely, 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 extremely happy that the NBA is back. 
And I have been a person, and you've heard me say on all of our platforms that I did not want them to come back because I feel like they would be a distraction. Are they a distraction? I don't know. I, I asked Paul George about that yesterday, and he told me that he didn't feel that they were a distraction, that he felt that their job was to continue to bring light and shed light on a lot of these situations that are going on. So I can't call them a distraction. But the one thing that I will say is that as long as these guys continue to leverage their platform and utilize their voices, you won't hear a critique or, or any level of you know vitriol or anything from me in regards to any of these players. Shout out to LeBron James. Shout out to Paul George. Um, shout out to all of the players out there that are going out and utilizing their platforms to speak about everything that's going on. James Harden, he's been a guy that's mentioned it. Russell Westbrook has been a guy that's mentioned it. And I think that it begins and it ends with us. And although... You know, we, although we as black people tend to get emotional when we feel as though we are being betrayed or we feel as though something is going against us, I think what these guys are showing is that, you know, they're not betraying us and doing us a disservice by going and playing basketball because they're going to continue to allow the conversations that need to be had to be had. And as long as they do that, you will never hear any critique, um, you know, you know, you know, from me in regards to what's going on with these NBA players. This has been your boy TPJ. Please, guys, make sure you go right now. You follow me online on Twitter, Instagram, um, you know, at Real TPJ. That's R E L T P J. It's a film joke. If you don't get it, you damn dummy. And I'm going to leave you all with the same clip that I started this show off with, and that's LeBron James talking about Breonna Taylor and um, you know, and refusing to take any real questions about the actual basketball games that were played today, and instead utilize his platform form to actually talk about the murder and the injustice of Breonna Taylor and what's going on with that. Until next time, it's your boy TPJ. Please make sure you like, subscribe, and I will get up with you all later. Thank you very much for checking in and tuning in to the Two for One Show, and I'll talk to you later. Peace out. Start off with uh, Mike Trudell. Hey, LeBron, Mike Trudell from LA. Just wonder what were you looking to get accomplished tonight, uh, not individually, but as a team? What was the focus and, and how did you feel like the team and, and your teammates responded? Um, well, first of all, um, you know, I want to continue to shed light on, uh, you know, justice for Breonna Taylor and, uh, and, and to her family and everything that's going on uh, with that situation. Um, to answer your question. Um, we want to just try to get better. Uh, we use this moment as a training camp to continue to implement our our identity. Our identity is to defend, share the ball, push the tempo, and play together. So um, I think we was able to accomplish that. So as close as 40 minutes as possible.